Inside Nigeria, keeping you informed on what matters. Good morning. It's another edition of Inside Nigeria on Tuesday, October 5, 2021. And of course, my co-host Winifred Ogbebo is in the house. Good morning, Winifred. Good morning, Bode, and good morning, viewers. It's good to have you on our program. And I said today, Bode, Thank you. you've been <laughs> on our Absent yesterday, <laughs> and today I'm back. Yeah, and of course, yes, to welcome our guest, Jafaru Hanen, the ICT expert and cyber, cyber security expert, Jafaru Hanen. Welcome. Thank you very to Inside much. Nigeria. Thank you. Well, Winifred, something is happening today that is not on the front page of the newspapers, surprisingly. And that is the International Teachers Day. Yes. I'm surprised. Going to most of the headlines today, it was not captured. Or is it because uh, people still believe that uh, teachers' reward is still in heaven? Well, whether teachers' reward is in heaven or not, teachers also have a role to play in our lives, in our national lives. Look at the team for the year. Teachers at the heart of education recovery. It means no nation can actually develop above the level of its education. So if the teachers are bad, the products will be bad. And the nation will be bad. Well, we are supposed to be joined by a teacher who is supposed to share his thoughts with us this morning on International Teachers Day. All right, it's not uh, without, and of course, as usual, we have to go ahead with the regular newspaper review. And of course, we're starting with Nigeria's most influential newspaper, The Leadership. On the front page of Leadership, social media outage causes global shocks. Social media outage causes global shocks. As Facebook, Messenger, WhatsApp, Instagram crash, online businesses suffer losses. Social media users, visitors stranded. We are working on restoring services, says Facebook, even though the service has been restored about 10 hours ago. And of course, Telegram to the rescue. Jaffa, were you shocked when this happened at about 5 p.m. yesterday, Monday, October 4th? Well, yeah, I was, but it's something that we could expect. These things are machines and uh, you can't, even, even humans, it will get to a state where you have to go down. So this this is one of those states where Facebook has to experience that downtime. And uh, it's uh, one of the major concerns is the fact that uh, it's now part of our, our daily life. Most, most of us communicate via WhatsApp and Facebook tends to hold some very good uh, influential uh, platform, communication platform all under Facebook, the Facebook itself, the WhatsApp, the Instagram, uh, Oculus, and, and the like. So they are all they all went down because they are all running on the same platform. Shared so, infrastructure. Yeah. Well, uh, so you know, initially when it happened, I thought it was a data issue. Then I had to use switch on, switch on Wi-Fi. But I didn't believe it. I just gave up on it. I didn't even know that there was an outage. Jafar, you will talk more on this in detail when we read out the uh, news and other front pages in the okay. national so, economy. We're going over to sister publication, national economy. The national economy today says Nigeria earns $16.8 billion out of $48 billion annual crude exports. 
Nigeria earns $16.8 billion out of $48 billion annual crude exports. On the right, it says, as IOCs take 65% of exports proceeds. As IOCs take 65% of exports proceeds. That is the national economy today. Yeah, it's for me, I don't know, it's, it's look disturbing. But they, I'm, I'm just shocked. What happened to the balance then? People take only 16 out of 14. 35%. The uh, other yeah. international oil companies actually took 65%, while we earn 35% out of the export proceeds. So uh, it's a question begging for answer because the oil belongs to Nigeria and we choose to export the oil instead of refining it for uh, uh, domestic, use, yeah. domestic consumption. And even at that, we end only only $16.8 billion out of the $48 billion deal and the international company taking the larger chunk. So I don't know whether our oil is working for us or not, whether we are maximizing ahead the oil proceed uh, or not. Well, we need to move to the next uh, newspaper and that is the punch. On the front page of punch this morning, tension rises in southeast. Military begins operation operation against killings. Others. Tension rises in southeast. Military begins operation against killings. Others. The riders, of course. Military police show force. Military police show of force create confusion in Imo. Offices market orders short. Army launches exercise Golden Dawn in Anambra against Hypo, Cultists and others. And the last rider on the front page of the Punch this morning is saying Southeast governors, other leaders meet in Enugu today to revive Ebubi Agu. Southeast governors, others meet in Enugu today to revive Ebubi Agu, which is the regional security outfit of the southeastern parts of Nigeria. Winifred, I get saddened. About time, about time, because no, the, the nations has watched too long. If you ask me, too long to watch miscreants, you know, taking, you know over, taking over, disturbing other innocent Nigerians. Remember, it started this puppet, uh, uh, how do you call it, uh, behavior of miscreants started like you know in northeast and northwest, and today has snowballed into security issues. And I think it's about time, really, that the federal government moved in to tackle this inevitably good God because it has gone long enough. Yes. Uh, Before it escalates beyond the region. As, exactly. It can snowball out of the place and becomes out of control. But you know, people are naturally blaming IPOP for this violence. And Definitely. I keep asking myself IPOP, even though it's an outlaw organization now, it's an illegal organization, but it's one organization which claims to be fighting for independence. For people of Biafra, which is the southeast. So why will the same people who claim to be fighting for independence for the people to be killing the same people? Yeah, so same I think people, there are a lot of yeah, questions begging for uh, answers. So are uh, some people in the darkness actually uh, uh, using hyper cover to unleash mayhem on the people, or is it actually the hyper that is doing this? Government need to move in, like you say, no, get to the root of the matter. In IPOB, as you say, if it were answered that they would have been able to know who are for them. There are criminals, they could, right. they, could be, them they could be people of the southeastern part, but we know that's really mean IPOB, but they could be people of the same southeast 
but not necessarily high up. And that is why exactly Abuja is looking too aloof. They are actually moving in to limit the world because we cannot continue to watch and let things degenerate, degenerate to another northeast and northwest issues that we are battling with now. You no, know, I applaud the military and the police. Uh, yeah, as they're moving, I yes. think there's a need for them to also observe the rules of engagement while dealing with the crisis so that innocent Nigerians will not suffer unnecessarily. Remember the Operation Python guys? At the height of uh, type of uh, violence, the Operation Python dance by the military in the southeast. A lot of uh, young Igbo uh, persons were said to have been killed extrajudicially, and this is not actually what we want. What we want is for the criminals to be rooted out because we have seen military operations in other places at the northwest where we are battling with bandits. Well, we have seen bandits being bombarded, but we don't see innocent people being killed by the military. So. What is obtainable in the Northwest, I think should be also be transferred to the Southeast so that people will be actually happy and the criminals will be rooted out finally and peace will be restored. Winifred? Yeah, we pray so, but uh, yes, just like what you said that you pointed out, is quite, quite true. But you know that we have police or military actually, uh, they are calling come and tackle security issues. We cannot rule out all these things. I remember uh, Odi, you know what happened in Odi? Yeah, yes, I We also saw what happened in uh, Zakibia. So you cannot actually rule out all these uh, rules. Uh, this extrajudicial killing is bound to happen. That is why you need most to, times you always to, want you to, to guide. We should guide against having a, a situation where the military and police are calling uh, to, <laughs> to, to, to tackle peace because at the end of the day, that's what you get for people, whether right. you like it or not. We hope people that's concerned with this thing. Winfield, what's on the front page of yes. Daily Sun? Daily Sun newspaper. Finally, UK blacklist Nigeria's COVID 19 vaccine certificates. Finally, UK blacklist Nigeria's COVID 19 vaccine certificates recognizes over 50 countries. Finally, UK blacklist Nigeria's COVID-19 vaccine certificates. Well, finally, they use the word finally. You know, there have been insinuations back and forth, back and forth things, and of course with a uh, denial and uh, retraction, nothing like that. And then finally, that is why Trump used the word finally. But they, this is a slight on Nigeria. Don't forget that you see the vaccines that were imported, not that they were manufactured here. That's what I'm saying, there's a slight on Nigeria because it means that the UK does not trust our processes at all. Does not trust what we are doing, does not believe in what we are doing. So it means we can be vaccinated in Nigeria and when you get to UK, you'll be found, you know, as a threat to public health. So what is going to happen? Is it that people, most people are taking two vaccines, two doses already and one dose? So they, they, do they get to retake when they go the to UK? Vaccines again? Well, I think in US already there is a top jab beyond the normal two jab. UK they call it the booster jab. So because of the veracity uh, uh, of the disease, people are going forward to take another jab to make it three to actually safeguard themselves against uh, uh, contracting COVID-19 disease. So uh, I hope authorities concerned in Nigeria will actually do the needful because this will affect no yeah it will affect our image. Now that UK has done it, uh, it may be 
and it may provide an impetus for other countries to do it. Yeah. And I think that we should take it up for the, that is just like a diplomatic issue. It's, it's something to be, you know, complain about, write to money and complain about it. It should be taken up. It shouldn't just... So well, I think it's something that not, uh, take, take they are not trusting our process. And I think there should be outrage on the part of the Nigerian government to say, see, we are doing our best to curtail COVID-19. So why should you discard our vaccine and certificate? Winifred, I, I just learned from our technical group that people are responding to our discussion this morning. Well, I don't know if you can see the comments. Uh, okay, on the screen, uh, Adebayo Amodi, read the comment from Adebayo Okay, we have a comment from Adebayo Amodi and it says, What happened yesterday has shown the impact of social media on the way we do things globally. Over the last decade, it has completely transformed how we connect with the world around us. What started as an informal way of communicating with friends and colleagues has evolved into the most popular way for businesses, that is Adebayo Amodi. And uh, he didn't stop there. He said it's, also, it's now obvious that the impact of social media on the world is huge. Over the last decade, it has completely transformed how we connect with the world around us. What started as an informal way of communicating with friends and colleagues has evolved into the most popular way for business. All right, so that was from Atibayo, Amadi, one of the people watching us from his house or office. We don't know. Many thanks to you, Adibayo Amadi. Now, Jafar, let's come to you for want of time. People expressed a lot of uh, reactions yesterday over the outage by social media giant Facebook and its associated uh, uh, platform. Now, uh, like you said earlier, that this is not, this should, this should be unexpected. This should not be unexpected, that it's, it's bound to happen. Now, people also express fear that. In between the blackouts, people's vital information could be breached. Should we must this fear? Well, uh, the, the blackout was generally was caused by something that is called a DNS. Now, a DNS is uh, the, the full meaning of a DNS is domain name system, and it's more of like the phone book, just the way we have phone book on our phones. Uh, that's the phone book of the internet. So the DNS, the, the name, let's say Facebook. Uh, dot com, the DNS is one that has the IP address that translates the name Facebook.com into the IP address that the system recognizes. So the problem was that the name could not be translated into the IP address. So if the name can't be translated into the IP address, so the system would not know which server is actually responsible for providing you as regards the, 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 the Facebook generally websites and other related uh, other of its related um, uh, platforms. So with that, I don't really think that we should we should fear for breach. It is it, it, there have been uh, statements and uh, security experts have said that okay, it's, it's a DNS issue. Though the DNS issue would have come from three different dimensions. It would have been maybe someone in Facebook mistakenly carried out a misconfiguration or there was an update within Facebook. Then there is also a possibility for uh, for 
an attack on Facebook and the, this kind of attack is called DOS, denial of service. And the reason why some persons suspected that it's likely go, it may, it may be an attack is because there is there is a hearing, a snake hearing regarding how Facebook has been used to carry out fake news and uh, its speech and feels that Facebook is aware of this uh, algorithm that its platform is in encouraging fake news and the likes. And the person that is uh, uh, accusing Facebook or was a former employer, uh, employee of Facebook and she's supposed to, she, she, she has a hearing with the US uh, Senate committee. So, so because of the accusation, it, it, it can be assumed that some persons who are aware of the, who, who, who key into our evidence would, would, would take the law into their hands and say, okay, you know what? I think it's because these guys think they are they are they are big and they cannot be brought and so let's let's carry out a denial of service attack. So that is that that is a dimension of the uh outage yet. So then there is the as earlier mentioned, there is the misconfiguration that would have come from whatsoever maybe someone in, inside Facebook decide to misconfigure something that, that ensures that uh the IP could not resolve to the, the domain could not resolve to the IP. Then, before yesterday, many people, it happened, they were not conscious of other uh, multi-messaging platforms like Telegram and Viber. Just because of what happened to Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram, they quickly switched to those uh, 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 platforms. So, would you say it is good to actually diversify? Let me use that word, diversify. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, it's definitely, you know, it's, you would always advocate for you not to put all your eggs in one basket. Exactly. Yes. So yeah, WhatsApp is good, it's good. But yeah, every every of this platform have their own advantage and disadvantage. Like for WhatsApp, they they, they, they talk about end-to-end -end encryption, they talk about uh, uh, high uh, availability rates and, and the likes. For Telegram, you, you can create you can create thousands of thousands of persons can be in a group in, in Telegram compared to WhatsApp that has a limit of 500 and uh, 250. Yeah, more about, advantages. Yeah, so there are each of them has their own advantage and disadvantage. So you weigh it like you, you get more attack on on Telegram than on WhatsApp. Okay. You get like account takeover hardly happened on Telegram, but it happens on WhatsApp. Now for Telegram, they, they have they have what's called robots that that run on Telegram, and they can begin to post all sorts of things. All of the, they, they automatically join themselves uh, into different groups that are available and begin to post some things that are not necessary. So it will not require you to go beyond just having a Telegram uh, account to you having uh, a security uh, uh, a security application or a security boot or a security. Uh, um, uh, robot that begins to filter all those malware and all those um, users, robot users that are on Telegram. So you have to weigh both options and look at the one that actually defeats what you're doing. If not, if, if, if you can get that and you, you think that one has more comp competitive advantage over the other from your own perspective, you go for it. But it's personally, it's just good that you have both of them so that those that if you can't reach those are on WhatsApp, you can reach those are on Telegram. I just want to find out, in your view, tell me where they can guide against what happened yesterday. It's human error. If we were to look at it from the dimension of it being a misconfiguration, it's human error. And we are not 
we are not perfect. That's the truth. We, we work towards perfection, but we are not perfect. So once in a while, we if we should we should it, for me I would say kudos to Facebook and and the, and, and all its platforms. They've been out for seven. They've been they've been up and running for seventeen years, and this is the only time that we've had a blackout a or a major blackout. Other times I've been few minutes back and all that. So it's a good one. If for seventeen years and someone has a blackout for for just a couple of hours in seventeen years, then I think it's a good one for it's a good one. We, they are machines, and we should expect that there once in a while machines will fail. Even though research and innovation keeps Drives, drives us to a state where machine becomes reliable and even more reliable than humans. All right, many thanks to you, Haniel, Jafaru, ICT and Saba security experts for creating time to join us on Inside Nigeria at the Leadership Podcast Studio. And we hope to see more of you. Well, viewers, we need to go on a short break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Tawo Hassan Adebayo, investigative journalist at the Premium Times, to discuss Pandora Papers' implication for anti-corruption war This program is brought to you by Leadership Podcast from the stable of Leadership Media Group. Welcome back to Film Inside Nigeria 2021. And of course, we have been joined by Taiwo Hassan Adebayo, investigative journalist at Premium Times Nigeria, to discuss Pandora Papers' implication for anti-corruption war in Nigeria. Good morning, Taiwo. Yeah, thank you very much. Good morning. Good morning. Good to have you on our program today. Yeah, I'm happy to join you. Thank you very much, uh, Taiwo. Your media organization, Premium Times, is part of the a world consortium of our journalists who actually dug up what is called Pandora Papers. We have seen Panama Papers, Paradise Papers, and now it's Pandora's Papers. I don't know whether Pandora Papers actually amount to Pandora's box. Yeah, from what uh, we have seen, the news across the world, uh, I think uh, <laughs> it is sort of a Pandora box, you know, revealing um, previously hidden uh, secrets of the powerful and the rich across the world, and of course, including Nigeria. So, Taiwo, can you take us through uh, what you have? I've seen the reports yesterday uh, detailing uh, offshore investment by the former governor of Anambra State, Peter Obi, and today also, I've seen another report involving the heavy state governor, Abubakar Atiku, uh, now, take us through uh, this mix uh, or report. I was told it's about 11 million uh, documents, which was actually issued by journalists for about two years before the revelation in the last uh, two days. So, take us through what we have uh, concerning yeah. Nigeria. Yeah, thank you. Uh, first, from a global um, context, the Pandora Papers project is um, 617 journalists and 151 media outlets strong um, collaborative investigation into a large amount of uh, confidential records you know from 14 secrecy sellers across the world and it's the biggest um, journalistic collaboration in, in history 
this this records you know they are confidential but um, the consortium the journalists that cooperated to um, work on this uh, project um, believe that um, revealing the records would be in the interest of the public because uh, offshore companies they feature prominently in illicit financial flows in um, terrorism financing drugs trade and all that so that's the motivation you know behind it and we hope that uh, some reforms would happen across the world so that uh, we will be making a substantial effort against illicit financial flows now coming to nigeria um every media outlet apart from the global context you know they have local issues that affect them so bbc has been reporting on people affected in the United Kingdom, and that is what we have been doing in Nigeria. So at Premium Times, uh, which is the only Nigerian media outlet involved in this uh, project, uh, we have a number of stories, um, more than you know, more than a dozen, you know, and we have only published two. Um, one on uh, the former governor of uh, Hanambra State, Dr. Peter Obi, and this morning um, on the governor of uh, Kebbi State, Elijah Atiko Abubakar. So on, on uh, Peter Obi, summarily, our report says that Nigeria has got clear rules about holding assets as a public servant, about operation of foreign account as a public servant, about declaration of assets as a public servant, assets owned anywhere, whether in Nigeria or offshore. You have a duty, you know, by law, you are obligated to declare this asset, you know. But we found that um, Dr. Peter Hobby breached these terms of the law and that was our issue with him that you didn't do this you know and we met him we, we had him present interview with him in fact in our office you know and he didn't deny he, he admitted to doing um, all these things in contravention of the law and in 2017 there was uh, an opportunity there was a window for many of these uh, public servants to declare the assets they previously did not disclose you know, and get immunity from prosecution or investigation or something. He shunned that and uh, he continued, um, you know, to sh shroud these activities in secret. That's what we reported. In the case of Governor Bagudu, his uh, link with the Abacha plundering machine, you know, has always been known. But um, the public knowledge of it is only vague, you know. Uh, so what we have done is to empirically put fact out there that this is how the funds were stolen and this is how Governor Bagudu, you know, before he became a governor, before he became a senator, this is how he structured secrecy to hide this stolen money. And even as we speak now, he is still involved in cases abroad, struggling to keep the remaining parts of the loot. So basically, that's these are these are the summaries of the two stories 
we have done. Let me know if you want me to speak on any other specification. Thank you so much, Tamu. Now I want to find out what is the implication for the anti-corruption fight in Nigeria, given yeah. this uh, Yeah, thank you very much. You know, um, as a media outlet, you know, that prioritizes investigation, uh, the key thing that we want to do is to dig and give the public, you know, the citizens and the authorities the kind of information they need to hold uh, people to account, to demand accountability. In other words, why people always suspect that certain people have, certain people have breached the law, you know, and though we don't have any evidence against them, you know, and all that. Now, we have telling the public, Nigerians, and the authorities like CCB, EFCC, you know, this anti-graft agency that, okay, we have got this evidence and we're putting out there in public interest. So, they now have the kind of information they require to ensure that the country's law is protected. So, you know, to create kind of deterrence for others, you know. Uh, and another dimension is that the Buhari government, which has touted itself as uh, being very serious about the uh, anti-corruption campaign, you know, now has a body, you know, um, to use this information. You know, you cannot just ignore them. We have seen responses from countries around the world, and we are being watched. You know, your officials or former officials, you know, senior politicians um, cannot be involved in issues of a clear breach of the law, you know, issues of corruption and all that. And um, whereas we have anti-graft agencies, you know, and they will continue to look on. So I think it's going to be a basis, you know, to hold the authorities to account who in turn also have a responsibility to hold those involved to account. Yeah, I was talking about a government responsibility to hold people to account. If you look at reports this morning, there are already leading civil rights organizations, civil society organizations, blaming the federal government about uh, this scenario, saying corruption is deeply rooted in Nigeria. So will you want to link this to the inability of government, whether successive governments and current government, their inability to effectively fight corruption. Uh, it, 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 yes, yes, absolutely. You know, um, one, one, one of the reasons why people um, do the things they do illegally, you know, is that um, we have very weak structures of accountability. People can literally get away. The, our problem is not that we don't have rules. We have rules. Nigeria has clear rules about corruption and all these uh, issues. But we have problem with um, you know enforcing these laws because of the individuals involved. So the issue of laxity, not doing enough to uh, ensure the law works, you know, plays a role. But also, um, this is a kind of um, a different issue. Now, let me say this. One of the reasons why public officers go to this secrecy heavens, um, you know, this offshore, you know, do all this offshore structuring 
is that they know that in Nigeria, the law requires them to declare assets. The law also requires that any asset you are holding as a public officer must be fairly attributable to your legitimate income. Now, if a minister, in a matter of four or five months, takes 6.7 million pounds to buy four or five London houses, where does he or she want to say he holds that uh, he, 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 he got the money to do that? You know, he knows that he has got questions to answer. So to now circumvent this, you know, this issue of law investigation and to stay off investigation, what they do therefore will now be that they now go to British Virgin Islands, to um, Barbados, Monaco, all these, you know, uh, secrecy events. They register offshore company there. They will now take that company anonymously to London to buy property there. And you know London has some uh, loopholes in their property market. You can buy you can buy property in London anonymously without your name appearing if you have a foreign company. And they don't have the kind of law that compels this foreign company to declare the ultimate beneficial owner. You know, so one of the things I must add here that we are trying to push globally is that these Western countries. You know they refund their own laws too so that they can you know make efforts you know against our home leaders in africa who steal our money and take them abroad through all these offshore holdings you know so in in london you cannot be a governor in nigeria or a minister in nigeria and say you want to buy uk property nobody will sell it to you there because there is enhanced due diligence there is uh they, they will be treated as peps so they know all these things so what they do therefore is to go through uh offshore companies you know which they will just hide behind anonymously so it's it's it, 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 it's an organized thing you know so my point basic my point essentially is that ccb in nigeria code of conduct bureau in nigeria or efcc may not know because their names will not appear on those properties, you may just see ABC BV High Limited. You don't know the owner. But what we have done now, and that is all that media houses should join Premium Times in reporting this issue. What we have done now is that we are saying that this property on this street in London is owned by this Nigerian official through this company. Go after him. And we have got the papers to prove that. Hassan, this is not Premium Times, but we alone. The leadership newspaper has this story on its front page yesterday, Monday, and today we are deepening conversation. Yeah, Thank you very much for that. <laughs> yeah. Thank, Thank you friend. so much. I just want to find out, you know, since the report uh, came out, there has not been any outage by the federal government. So, where do we go from here? Well, that, that, that's, that's the kind of uh, thing we are saying. You know, uh, government generally, they the governments has little or no incentive, you know, to act responsibly. So it's not for the citizens to pressure them. We should forget all these ethno-religious political issues. You know, we should look at substance, the fact of the case. Forget about the person mentioned is a Muslim, is a Christian, is a PC or PDP. The thing is that we've got law that unites all of us. Somebody's breaching the law, somebody's stealing our money, you know, 
let us pressure the government to take responsibility. But of course, we are aware that um, discussions are going and we may soon get responses. But until then, um, we say there's not been any response. I think it is important that uh, we make our viewers understand that owing properties in uh, tax havens may not necessarily mean a crime. And it's also important we actually you know, separate this from violating a local law, like in Nigeria, the code of conduct uh, yeah. laws. Yeah, yeah, ab ab so, absolutely, absolutely. I was going to mention that uh, right. offshore trusts, offshore companies can be owned for legitimate purposes. It can, but if you are a public officer, the own one, you have to declare it. But these offshore companies are featured prominently in illicit financial flows. If at all you own one, you have to declare. And you cannot be governor or minister or senator in Nigeria and still be director of any company, whether in Nigeria or uh, abroad. It's illegal. It's crime. The constitution says that clearly. All Thank right. you. Again, the report mentioned, uh, regarding Nigeria, the report mentioned uh, a former chief justice of Nigeria, prominent pastors, uh, and the and the rest of them. Now, let's take away the former CJM. Probably, he might have violated the code of conduct law while in office. But let's talk about pastors. Yeah, they are political office holder at the time, so probably they violated laws. So let's talk about pastors or religious leaders who are not public officers. What law will you say they might have violated by owning properties in tax hours? No, no, no. You know, that's the point I made earlier. We didn't say that everyone who owns, like thousands of people, own this uh, offshore trust. You know, exactly. we didn't say uh, they violate uh, any law. You know, but we also believe that it's in the interest of the public uh, that people who own this offshore company, especially those in the public space, people know them. It is very important that people know them. So we are not saying they have, they have if you check our um, Peter of this story, we make it very clear. We are not saying that we don't have any evidence that you have stolen any money. No, no, we told him that. But what we are saying is that, yeah, one, you broke law on that you were still managing a foreign company as a governor. You broke law that you were operating a foreign account. You broke law that you did not declare companies you incorporated while serving as a governor. So we we are very fair people. So we always make it uh, you know very clear. You know. So, but also, but but also, even as a private citizen, if you make money in Nigeria, you know you have a duty to pay. Challenges with connection with Taiwo Adebayo Hassan, investigative journalist with the Premium Times newspaper, who has been sharing his interest, his uh, thoughts on Pandora papers and, of course, the implication. Pandora boss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's implication for anti corruption fight in Nigeria. Honestly, before that connection was lost, I was about to ask him what was the motivation behind this undertaking by the IC. IG, yeah, International Consortium of Investigative Journalists. Because few years ago, we saw Panama Papers. Yes. Few Nigerians. Oh, it's back now. Hassan is back. 
Yeah, I had right. some issue. Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Now, can you conclude your thoughts? Yeah, so basically, if you earn money in a country, you cannot now shift your taxes to these tax havens where you pay little or no taxes. You know, if you make money from here in Nigeria, you know, you people, uh, the authorities have to know your true worth so that you can pay due taxes. Not that you will find a way of shifting these taxes to um, foreign country. You know, so all these issues are, you know, they are separate issues, and in our stories, will be very clear. And for yeah. those who have uh, questions to answer, are uh, probably political office holders when those uh, things were actually carried out, who did not declare yeah. their true. Those are the, true those are the main. These are the main people that uh, we are, we have issues with, not private guys. How will you react to the Peter Obi's reaction to your story when he said, "Well, he was not aware that he was to declare asset he jointly owned with his family members." Yeah, that, that, I, 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 I think that was uh, ridiculous because uh, Peter Obi is uh, one of Nigeria's, uh, you know quote finest guys you know and um, i imagine that for somebody who has been a governor and all that uh would know the loss the law doesn't um uh back what he said and we pointed that to him when we met him and also in our story that any asset any share anything in any case he owns this company's hundred percent hundred percent not with any family member or any hundred percent Yeah. Thank you so much, Asa. Well, finally, your investigation was thorough and detailed. All right, finally, Asa, before we allow you to go, I was trying to say something before the network actually developed pitches. What was the motivation behind this undertaking by ICIJ, considering the fact that just a few years ago, we saw the Panama Papers? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I mentioned that earlier. You know, one of the biggest problems we face in the world today is illicit financial flows. It's one of Nigeria. It's one of the biggest. And uh, we in this part of the world, the global South, Africa, Latin America, Asia. You know, we are worst affected by these uh, issues. You know, so the problem of corruption is not just what happens in Nigeria, but there, there are also international factors. You know, illicit um, financial. Flows. So, what we are doing is to make contribution towards efforts against this illicit financial flows, and you know, as um, corollary, to create the kind of information government needs, you know, to hold these people to account. So, That's whether it. actions are taken or not. We as journalists, we have a duty to continue. Yeah, we have to do our goal. Our yeah. Expose corruption and engender yeah. good uh, governance. Hassan, I hope one day we see Nigerian papers. Uh, well, let's 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 do some. Let's uh, finish work. with this. <laughs> I do Nigeria leaks. <laughs> All right, oh, I'm Nigeria leaks. <laughs> Nigeria leaks. Okay. Okay, <laughs> so when the time comes, we'll be involved too at the leadership. Yeah, 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 no problem. Many thanks to you, Taiwo, Hassan, Adebayo. Yeah, thank you, you very much for this opportunity. Nigeria, and of yeah. course, Premium Times 
was part of the International Consortium of Journalists. Right, thank you. On Hearts, Panama, Abi Pandora, our papers. Thank you very much, Hassan, so for joining much. us. Well, you have said it all. It's time to go. Well, for you out there, viewers, if you make a date with us tomorrow for another edition of Inside Nigeria Tomorrow Wednesday. From here, Winifred and we're both saying goodbye. Bye. And of course, my name remains Body Daddy Rock. Bye for now. This program is brought to you by Leadership Podcast from the stable of Leadership Media Group.